Hello, sports fans. Welcome to another episode of Sports Talk with Chris, the 37th best podcast in the Tri-State area. Thank you for tuning in. Today, we're going to be getting into the Eagles loss, obviously. I uh, might get into some Sixers talk, and I'm going to just do my marginal look at the the picks that I made. I'm going to look around the NFL for a little while, but we're definitely going to focus mainly on this Eagles loss. Now, it's been a couple of hours. I like to give myself a couple of hours to let this loss marinate. Now, like, for instance, the Dallas Cowboys loss, which was a Sunday night game, I got home. It was still fresh in my mind, and I haven't listened to that episode, but when it's still fresh in your mind, the emotions are just raw, and it's still there. It's fresh in your mind. But when they play a 1 o'clock or they play a 4 o'clock game, it takes a little while to, like, exit your mind. It takes a little bit to flush out. And sometimes I pretty much get over the loss. I mean, I don't really completely get over it because I pretty much bleed green. So there, there is no just getting over the loss. But sometimes I can have my mind on other things. But then I end up watching football or I watch Sunday Night Football or I watch NFL Network or I watch ESPN and they talk about the game and it just pisses me off all over again. And I just finished watching the condensed version of the game. So I rewatched pretty much the whole game and there's a lot to get into. So we're going to talk about that um, on the other side. Thank you for listening and uh, talk Eagles with me on the other side. Oh my God, where to start, where to start, where to start. This may have been, I'm thinking back in recent memory because I'm really, I really am a diehard fan. So you can name me in the year pretty much after about any time in the 2000s. And I can pretty much tell you last time we played this team, or I can tell you what happened when we played a certain team. So I pretty much have a good memory when it comes to the Eagles in uh, pretty much the 2000s. And I was really trying to think back of the last time we had a loss that was this disappointing. Obviously, we're Philadelphians. We've had a lot of disappointments. I mean, we've had big playoff losses. We've had games where we should have won that we lost. We've had games where we've like let let up big leads late in the game. I mean, the Giants in 2006 come to mind first of, or I think it was 2005 actually. That comes to mind, and we've had some games where we've you know we've let slip away. But I don't think there's been a loss like this in a while where we've just lost to a bad team that we just should have beaten, should have rolled over. Now, off the top of my head, I can think of three games recently. Now, bear with me. If you don't remember, this is why I'm here. There was a game in 2008 at the end of the season. We were were trying to get into a wild card. We were trying to get that, that final wild card spot. And we ended up losing to the Washington Redskins in Washington. Offense didn't really do much. That was Donovan McNabb and those guys. And I think we ended up scoring like, I think we scored one touchdown in the game, but Washington was not a good team at all. And we were trying for that last playoff spot and they ended up losing that game, which was really, really disappointing to lose to a bad divisional team when you're trying to get a postseason spot. Now, ended up working out in the long run because whoever else was supposed to lose, they ended up losing. So we ended up getting to the playoffs that year anyway. So it really didn't matter, but it still was a disappointing loss at the time. And then in 2009, the next year, we lost to the Oakland Raiders in Oakland. And that was the Jamarcus Russell 
era uh, Oakland Raiders. And if you've been a follower of uh, football for the last, I mean, whatever, if you're just, if you're a football fan and you're like a real football fan, you know how bad Jamarcus Russell was. I don't have to tell you how bad that quarterback was or how bad the team has been over the last decade and a half. So, I mean, they've had one good year in 2016, I believe. They're, they're pretty solid this year, but besides those these two years, they've pretty much been terrible. And Jamarcus Russell might have been one of the worst quarterbacks that I've ever seen in my life, in my lifetime. I mean, him and... um. Brandon Wheaton is another one that comes to mind, but Jamarcus Russell is definitely up there on that list. That was another loss that we had in the 2010 game against the Minnesota Vikings. The Tuesday evening game when Joe Webb was the starting quarterback. This guy isn't even a quarterback. He was a receiver, a special teams guy. We had him in our building, freezing cold outside. We were trying to, we were coming off of, I believe, the miracle at the Meadowlands. So we were riding high on that. So we were just thought, okay, we were going, we we're going to roll over this team, and we ended up losing that game. That's the three off the top of my head that come off the, that really like pop into my mind. But this loss in the Doug Peterson era, this is the worst loss of the Doug Peterson era. Obviously, he's had bad losses. He's had um, some disappointing losses. He's had, you know, we're thinking about the blowout loss to the Saints last year. We're thinking about a disappointing loss. Uh, I mean, not yeah, last year. Um, we're thinking it's just a, it's been a couple of bad ones. So, yes, I mean, the Minnesota game wasn't good. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, there, there's no loss like, like this one. I mean, the Detroit loss was pretty devastating, but... Detroit isn't as bad as this Miami Dolphins team. At one point, the Miami Dolphins were 0-7. I mean, they've won two out of their last four games, but there's no reason for us to lose to Ryan Fitzpatrick. And speaking of Ryan Fitzpatrick, is it just me or do we play this guy every single year on a different team? And I looked through Ryan Fitzpatrick's uh, career, and he's played on a bunch of different teams. So, like I said, I have a really good memory with this stuff, so I know what teams we play every single year. And I looked through it, and we played, we played with the St. Louis Rams back in 2005. It was at the end of the year. That was when we had Mike McMahon and Ryan Moltz. And that's when everyone was pretty much hurt. So that was after the T.O. debacle and everything was just, everything just went down the drain. So we played him with the St. Louis Rams in 2005. Played him against against him in 2008 when he was with the Cincinnati Bengals. Played him in 2011 when he was with the Buffalo Bills. Played him in 2014 when he was with the Houston Texans. Played him in 2015 when he was with the New York Jets. Played him last year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then this year. And I believe they put they said something about he's the first quarterback to ever start against uh, one franchise with seven different uh, teams, and that is just crazy to me because. I mean, this guy's been in the league since 2005. I mean, that's 15 years now. So, and the fact that we've played him several different times with on seven different teams, it's just, it's nuts. And we thought we did to us last year. Um, I mean, I believe we, I'm trying to think if we lost the St. Louis game in 05. I mean, it doesn't really matter at this point. But uh, 08, I'm pretty sure, I know we lost that game. Uh, 2011, we lost that game. 2014, we won that game. 2015, we won that game. That was our first one of the season, actually. Uh, last year we lost, and then this year we lost. So, uh, for some reason, Ryan Fitzpatrick just has our number, and he's not even that good. 
But that's neither here nor there. That's the past. Let's talk about this game. This game, it actually started off really, really good because Ronald Darby had an interception on the very first play of the game. And if you remember last year, when he was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, his very first play of the game was a touchdown to Deshaun Jackson. So you think, okay, first play of the game last, last year, first play of the game this year, much better for our guys. And it was an interception. He ended up returning to, I believe, the 18-yard line. So they got an 18-yard drive. He got a, a swing pass to Miles Sanders, ended up getting a touchdown. It's a short field. And when you have a struggling offense, the one thing that you really need is a short field. That's the best thing you can ask for. So the fact that they were able to get a short field and they were able to convert it. Now, what you don't want to do, you don't want to get the short field and have to set up for a field goal because you're thinking, okay, the defense did all this to get you the short field and you can't even, you know, you can't even capitalize on that. Now, they ended up capitalizing on it, so it ended up working out. And the first three possessions, I mean, if you count the first possession with an interception on the first play, and then the second and the third possession for the, the Miami Dolphins, they didn't do anything. I mean, Brian Fitzpatrick was under pressure pretty much every single play. They couldn't run the ball, and he was pretty much under duress every single play, it seemed like. I mean, if he didn't get sacked, he was getting hit, he was getting hurried, he had to throw it early. And at that point, I'm thinking, oh, I feel so bad for this offensive line because this D-line is going to get after them all day. And they never really stopped getting after him. He just he, he just had better, he just had a better size advantage. He had better receivers. They were attacking the middle of the field. They were able to just do like more three-step drops. So they weren't, he wasn't like hanging back in the pocket that long. So the defensive line did the job today. But the secondary and the linebackers just, couldn't really cover it. They couldn't stop anything. And that's the thing that sucks is because the last two weeks, you pretty much shut down Russell Wilson and Tom Brady. You did really good jobs on two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And the offense couldn't get anything done when the defense actually kept you in at home. And we knew this. We knew the defense, even going back to 2017, 2016, actually, the defense plays way better at home for some reason. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the fans. I don't know if it's the field. I don't know if it's the green uniforms. I, I, I don't know. But for some reason, the defense plays really, really well at home, and they do not show up on the road. I don't know why that is, but that somehow they need to get that fixed because we can't have a, a part-time defense, especially because we're going to have a part-time offense. Now, if the offense could score like this every single day, I mean, if the defense was just average, we'd be okay. But like, when you're giving up 390 yards to Ryan Fitzpatrick and those guys, that's not going to fly and that's not going to cut it now the defense struggled after those first three possessions now on that fourth possession they actually got to stop and they stopped him again but on that fourth down that fourth and four uh ryan fitzpatrick saw the side advantage he threw it up to Devontae parker he pretty much got the best of ronald darby now i know we're going to kill ronald darby because oh ronald darby gave up another big play whatever but he actually had pretty good defense on that he had pretty good coverage but he's just not that big and same thing with Jalen Mills like the touchdown that the tight end got on Jalen Mills late in the game he's just not big enough I mean when you have a guy that's 6-4 that's coaching I mean that's you can't blame Jalen Mills for not being taller I mean you know how tall he is going into the game you can't expect him to jump up with a guy that's 6-3 6-4 when he's 5-11 or 5-10 like whatever he is so that's you, you can't really blame a guy for not being tall enough. So, again, I know everybody's going to kill him for that, for giving up a touchdown, but it is what it is, you know? So, but again, the defense just, I just wish they would have played better. If they would have played the way they played against Russell Wilson and Tom Brady, if, like, this is the thing, right? 
the last two weeks of Russell Wilson and Tom Brady did what Ryan Fitzpatrick did today, you'll be mad about it. You will be upset about it, but you'll be thinking, you know what? They're two Hall of Famers. They're, they're great quarterbacks. Like it is what it is. But Ryan Fitzpatrick, I mean, come on. Like Ryan Fitzpatrick, he, he should have been the guy that you did what you did to Luke Falk or what you did to Tom Brady. Like how you made those guys look really, really mediocre in middle school. You should have did that t- today. I mean, after that third possession, it was just like up and down the field. Like they couldn't get up, they couldn't get off the field on third down. And if they got off the field off, if they got off the field on third down, they couldn't get off the field on fourth down. And if they actually got off the field on third down, they were calling phantom passing the French calls against Jalen Mills. You know how many times like Devontae Parker or anybody got off with a push off on Jalen Mills, but for some reason, and I knew this would happen. This is one thing. Let's, let's I want to get this out the way, actually. I knew eventually these stupid like and i've said this on this podcast actually i'm not a fan of these challenging to make pass interference or it is a pass interference it was not a pass interference and i knew eventually it would screw my team over and today it actually did because we finally got the stop on third down in the end zone and you know they 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 cried for a call whatever and they want to challenge it and they ended up calling the pass interference pass interference to me is a judgment call if you don't call it when the play is actually live i don't like the fact that you can go back and change the pass interference especially because there's going to be contact like they're nfl players like you're not going to you're not going to have a play where you just don't like touch them at all like if you don't touch them at all you're going to pretty much just give up catches like non-stop so there's no way a cornerback can defend a receiver and not contact them at all like there's no way so like i don't like the fact that you can challenge these plays because there's always going to be contact and it just happened today and i did i, I really just don't like the call and i know it sounds like sour grapes but if you want to go back and listen to my one of my previous podcasts i don't even remember what episode it was but if you want to go back and listen i said this from the start and i just was not a fan at all of of you being able to challenge a pass interference cause. But um whatever. But once they got like I said, once they actually got stops, they either caught pass interference or Ryan Fitzpatrick was just throwing the ball up. I mean there was another one on the on the next possession the the, the, the fifth possession where it was a uh, like third and fourteen or third and fifteen and he threw the ball down the field for like 40 yards, which, you know, he got the best of Ron Darby again because Ron Darby's just not big enough to go up with a Devontae Parker. And that's why we needed to go out and get a big time receiver because you see the Miami Dolphins, obviously they're not a good team. I mean, nobody's saying they're a good team, even after this game. We see if you have a good receiver, it changes a lot. I mean, we have, we have so many like, good receivers on bad teams. I mean, you have Robbie Anderson on the Jets. You have Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green on the Bengals. Even though A.J. Green hasn't really played that much this year. But you look around the league, there are so many receivers out there. And I just wish we could just have one of them. And Alshon Jeffrey actually had a really good game uh, in this game. This is um, definitely his best game of the season. Now, you see what Carson Wentz did when you actually give him some weapons. But I'm going to get on the offensive side. I'm kind of sticking on the defense right now. Like I said, the defensive line actually had a really good game uh, today. Like Derek Barnett was uh, very active. A lot of penalties. There were two rough in the passers. There were a couple offsides. Uh, there was one on Rush. There was one on, I believe, uh, Jernigan. There was another rough in the pass on Jernigan. And it was just a lot of nonsense going on as far as penalties were concerned. A lot of ones that extended drive that were we would have got off of the field because 
we were not able to get off of the field after that last after the, after that first quarter. I mean, pretty much from the second quarter on, they really didn't do much. The only reason they even took the lead uh, after half, right after the half, they took that twenty-eight to fourteen lead. The only reason they did that is because they scored right before the half, and then they got the ball back, and then they scored right after the half. But after that, it was it was nothing. I mean, you think they finished with thirty-one points? They had 28 points after that first possession in the second half. And, you know, they got a, a field goal at the end, very, very end of the game. But they really couldn't score after that. Honestly, there was a turning point in this game, and I'm going to get into that too. But they didn't really have many possessions in the second half because the defense couldn't get off the field. And when the defense can't get off the field, the offense is not on the field. And the offense can't score if they're not on the field. Like, no quarterback in the history has ever thrown a touchdown pass while sitting on the bench drinking Gatorade. It's never happened. You can look it up. You, you might be able to find one, but I highly doubt it. I'll put my money on that. But um, like I said, the defense, uh, I didn't even realize they were like 14 Franklin yards. They actually, the numbers actually better than I thought they were, especially the way they started the year. They really were getting torched this year. So, but the last like four weeks or so, they've been really, really good. But this game, they fell back down to earth. So um, we're gonna see. How the defense plays against the Giants. The good thing is they're home for that game, so maybe. But at this point, like I said last week, doesn't even matter. I even said last week it doesn't even matter if they beat all three of these teams. Well, four of their last five games are against bad teams, and they were supposed to capitalize on that. And I said the only way I would feel confident about this team going forward is if they blew out this Miami Dolphins team. They weren't able to do that. Not only did they not blow them out, they couldn't even beat this team. So that, that really sucks. And the defense just uh, fell back down to earth. And I guess this is who we thought they were. They play well at home. Don't play that well on the road. I don't really have the home road splits right now, but I'm pretty sure they're not pretty. Uh, yeah, they're, they're not pretty at all. Because you look at their last couple home games, Seattle, New England, Chicago, Jets, They've been really, really good at home. But then you look at their road games, Minnesota, Dallas, this game, Atlanta, they've been terrible. The only game they've even had like a, a good defensive game, and it wasn't really that good was against Buffalo. So, But uh, that's what they are, a team that struggles. Now let's go to the offense. Now this game, you actually can't blame Carson Wentz. I know a lot of people are killing Carson Wentz because he's missed a lot of throws, rightfully so. He has missed a lot of throws. Sometimes he's held on to the ball too long. There was two uh, instances in this game actually where he held the ball too long. One that actually was a killer, which is actually the part of the turning point. And but he, by my count, like I said, I watched the whole game over again. He only had about two bad throws. Both of them were to uh, Nelson Aguilar. One was in the middle of the field early in the game where he pretty much overthrew him. Like Aguilar had no chance to catch that. Then there was another one where Aguilar went in motion. He swung back around to the left and Aguilar, I mean, he he overthrew him on that one as well. And Aguilar had no chance to catch that one either. Now, on that one, there were two defenders pretty much waiting to tackle Aguilar. So it really didn't matter that much, but it's still the fact that it's a bad throw. And when you're struggling as much as Carson Wentz has the last couple of weeks with your accuracy, you need all the good, easy throws that you can get. So, but um, he found Alshon Jeffrey a lot. Zach Ertz didn't really have a good game. Even after the game, he said this is probably the worst game of his career. Uh, he had one drop at the about the seven yard line. 
which was to me, that was the turning point. Now, at that point, we were, I believe we were up 28 to 20. Um, this was after we were up 28 to 14. The Dolphins came back and scored a touchdown. But at that point, the, the Eagles were rolling. And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, we got this game in the bag. And that's the thing. When you look too far ahead, things always happen now. I feel like as a fan, it doesn't really make that big of a difference. I mean, I don't have no control over what happens on the field. But every time I seem to look ahead, bad things always seem to happen. Now, in my mind, I'm like, okay, they're getting past the uh, Goddard. He had a long one to Goddard. He had a couple to Jeffrey. And like they were running the ball well at this point. They just seemed to have control of the game. And they even got down to the red zone. They got down to the 20-yard line. Now, they threw the ball to Zach Ertz. He threw the ball to Zach Ertz. He had a drop. He was wide, not, not really wide open, but it was really catchable. And at the seven-yard line, he dropped the ball. Next play was the third down. Carson Wentz took a sack. He lost about 10 yards. Should have got rid of the ball like way earlier. Then they either throw it away or just he, he just throw it to somebody. Like, I just feel like he should. And and this is the thing. When you, this is your downfall. When you're a really good quarterback and you're a really, really athletic quarterback, and I feel like Patrick Mahomes suffers from this a lot, too. When you can escape, doesn't mean you should always try to. Now, I feel like because he can get away, he can he's really elusive, and he can make a lot of people miss. I feel like he just thinks, okay, I can make this person miss. He feels like he can make everybody miss. But you can't always make everybody miss. And this is what he... That's his downfall sometimes. Now, Patrick Mahomes actually suffers from trying to make every throw because Patrick Mahomes has a great arm, so he tries to squeeze every throw to every little tight window. Then that's where he gets in trouble sometimes. But Carson Wentz gets in trouble with his legs trying to escape because he's trying to make the great play every single time. And sometimes he just has to take, take the check down or just throw it away or just find a receiver or just do something like but he couldn't lose 10 yards. And that 10 yards led to Jake Elliott missing the field goal. And that led to Miami scoring another touchdown. And that's just pretty much when it went downhill from there. Now, actually, I knew the game was over when the Dolphins got the ball at their own four-yard line. And they were able to get out of that. Because I'm thinking, okay, this is a chance for us to get some of that momentum back there inside their own four. Maybe we can get a safety. Maybe we can just, you know, force the three and out here. Or we can... You know, we can just force some kind of punt. We can get great field position and we can flip this right back into our favor. Once they went down and they got a couple of first downs there, then they got a touchdown. That to me, let me know the game was over because all of a sudden Miami had all the momentum. And I just don't think we're mentally tough enough to come back from this this year. I mean, two years ago, sure, they were mentally tough enough. Even at the end of the year last year, they were mentally tough enough. But this year, I just don't see them having that mentality where Okay, cool. I got the momentum, but we're going to flip it right back. So I just don't, I just really don't see it. So, um, still no deep threats on this team. Uh, they tried to go deep three times after the Dolphins cut it to a two point lead. One luckily got a PI. All three of the times were, were to Alshon Jeffrey. One got a pass interference, other two didn't work. One was in double coverage on third down. But uh, again, can't really blame this one on the offense. I mean, they, they scored 31 points. Wish they could have scored a little more after they got the 28 points uh, early in the third quarter. Like I said, the one set just pretty much knocked them. They should. They were still in field goal range. It was only a 49-yard field goal. So, Jake Elliott, he hasn't missed a field goal all year. Still definitely should have made it. So, they should have had 31 points already. And that would have put them up 31 to 20. I mean, who knows? Maybe the defense would have still given up the lead anyway. But 
I just wish if the defense could have got off the field, that would have really changed everything. Now, a lot of people were panicking. I saw on Twitter, oh, they were they were down 14 to 13. And people were like, oh, they're really losing to the Dolphins. And I'm just saying, like, all right, let, let's calm down. First of all, it was after it was on a, a fake field goal or whatever. They were they were inside the they were inside the five on that, that stupid pass interference call. That gave them a first and goal at the one yard line. And then we stopped them again, three more plays. And then a the fourth down, they did a fake field goal. And the fact that they had to pull out the you know, wild catch and, and gadget plays like that and just, you know, little screens and just pretty much throw it up to Devontae Parker. They didn't really out scheme anybody today. And like, you know, you, you pull out little gadget, little BS trick plays, little trick field goal plays that nobody's ever seen before. I mean, and even then I'm just like, okay, that that's how you're going to take the lead. You, you can't do that every single play. So to me, I'm just like, okay, we still got this. And we ended up going up 28 to 14. So I, I really wasn't worried. And I wasn't panicking at all. So, but, um, that, that, that really is just, um, it's really a bad loss. And it's just a lot to get to, but it, I don't even, I'm like nervous to say this, but I'm officially throw it in the towel in this season. I'm still going to wear my gear. I'm still going to do my podcast. I'm still going to watch every game like a fan. I'm still going to wave my flag, but there's no excuse to lose to the Miami Dolphins, even if they, and I think Ryan DeBarber said it on the, the telecast and you know they were down by like nine at the point and once they kicked that field goal we knew it's pretty much a long shot at this point but even if they would have miraculously came back and won the game let's just say they came back there was no confidence instilled in me that I, that they would you know be able to make a playoff run because if you can barely beat the Miami Dolphins like you're really not going to beat anybody else the only thing I can rest on for the Dallas game is where it's a home game, so maybe the defense will play better. But then when the defense plays better, the offense won't play that good. So you really just don't know. And the Dallas Cowboys gave us a golden opportunity to tie the division and be in first place, be in a first place tie for the division and set up that week 16 matchup perfectly because we have two bad teams to play before we even meet them because we could have went to eight and six. And now this loss right here just messes up everything. Now the best they can do is five and uh, nine and seven. So. The only thing we can hope for is that Dallas just keep losing. But I mean, if Dallas keep losing, we keep losing, and it's just gonna then we're gonna end up like five and eleven, both five and eleven, though. So whatever. But it, it just it's really frustrating that the Eagles did not capitalize on this opportunity. This is a golden opportunity. I mean, you think about it. Before the season, if someone would have told you that okay, Dallas lost on Thanksgiving, all you have to do is beat the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins to put get into a first place tie in week 13. So all you have to do is beat the Miami Dolphins. Like sign me up any day of the week. Like I'm sure the team would have said, okay, no problem at all. They couldn't beat the Miami Dolphins. Out of all teams, you couldn't beat the Dolphins. Like really? I thought the tough part of the schedule was over. Like, I thought the the, the murderers row of Minnesota and Dallas and Buffalo and Chicago and New England and Seattle. I thought we were through with that. I don't even know what a win feels like anymore. What, like, what's the win? Like, when was the last win we had? November 3rd against Chicago? Like, who's Chicago? Like, I mean, what what is going on here? Like, I mean, three straight losses in a bye week. So, pretty much, we haven't had a win in pretty much a month. Like, right now, it's December 1st. Technically, December 2nd is after midnight. But we haven't had... I haven't had a win. haven't had a feeling of a win in a, in a month. And 
I'm starting to think I'm bad luck because since I started doing this podcast, we have won exactly two games and we've lost one, two, three, four, five. So we're two and five since I've started this podcast. So maybe I'm the bad luck. Maybe I need to stop talking about it and maybe they'll start winning again. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to do that because I still want to talk about it. But it really is just frustrating that they, they couldn't capitalize on this opportunity. This was handed to you on a silver platter. like. But yes. So to me, the turning point is when Zach Ertz dropped that ball at the seven yard line. That would have changed everything. That would have put us in the red zone. Because I don't. After they went up 28 to 14, I don't think they were actually in the red zone again after that. So, or. Yeah, I mean, they were at the 20, but that's technically in the red zone. But I mean, I mean, inside the 10, like, I mean, in the goal to go situation, they weren't in that situa- situation again. Ertz had two critical drops. That was one drop. And he had one drop late in the game, which was on our last possession where we scored. I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking the last possession of the Hail Mary. I mean, the, like the last possession where we had a chance to cut it. I mean, we were down by nine, so we still needed a field goal and a touchdown. They got the field goal, but Zach Ertz had the ball in the back of the end zone. They really tried to, they knocked the, the cornerback knocked the ball loose, but that's a pass that Zach Ertz has to hold on to. And that's a pass that we've seen Zach Ertz hold on to a million times. So I don't know what happened with that. Uh, Nelson Aguilar had a few good catches today. They tried to take away one from him. They challenged it. He ended up getting overturned. But um, I know you guys hate Nelson Aguilar, but you see what Carson Wentz can do with his weapons. So, I mean, the offensive line played well. You can't blame the offensive line on this one because Carson Wentz pretty much had a clean pocket all day. It, it, he got sacked. They were pretty much his fault. Then he had two sacks, and they were both his fault, like, looking at, just looking at him from my viewpoint, especially the one that knocked him back and made Jake Elliott miss the field goal. So, um, like I said, you really can't blame the offense on this one at all. So, uh, I wish Greg Ward would have been a little more involved because, I mean, just because Nelson Aguilar and Alshon Jeffrey are back, don't forget about your guy that was reliable last week. So, hopefully he, um, and it lets me know that he's in Doug Peterson's good spirits because even with Mac Hollins and J.J. Arthur Whiteside, who actually got the first touchdown of the year, by the way. So, congrats to him. I know you guys hate him too, but I'm in the business of giving props to my Eagles players. But um, even though they're on the roster and they're technically active, Greg Ward still got some valuable playing time. Uh, Miles Sanders had another solid game. He's pretty much the lead back right now with Jordan Howard out. Um, I thought we would have had all of our weapons. He was the only person that was pretty much missing because, I mean, we got Lane Johnson back. We got a... Brandon Brooks back, Jeffrey, uh, Aguilar, and everybody was pretty much back today. So uh, Ajayi only had two carries. That's still pretty much working him in. He still doesn't have that burst quite yet, which is understandable. He's coming off a throwing ACL. So that's why, you know, Mark Sanders is pretty much going to be the guy for the rest of the year, as long as Howard is out. I mean, he has 17 carries, 83 yards, and he had about five catches up. Like short catches, though. The only one that was really big was the um, the touchdown that he got. That was 16 yards. And besides that, he his other four catches only got six yards. So, But, um, again, Carson Wentz played really well. He only had two bad throws. He had a couple. And, you know, he had the interception, but that was a, a Hail Mary interception. You can't really can't really count that on him. So, yeah, you can't really put that on him. But um, it is what it is. So... Not only did I have a bad day as an Eagles fan, I had a bad day with my picks now. All of my picks that I had, I, so I went two and four with my picks now. So I got four wrong, 
but I'm going to tell you why I made my picks with all of them. So I'm not just out here picking random stuff now. I probably pick with my heart a little bit, which if you haven't followed my picks, I really don't like to pick Eagles games because I'm just going to pick the Eagles, honestly, every time. Now, my first one I made, I picked the Eagles to uh, cover the 10-point spread against Miami Dolphins. Only for one reason, because he got all his weapons back. If the weapons weren't back, I probably would have picked Miami to cover that 10-point spread. But I thought with Jeffrey being back in Aguilar and um, and Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks being back, I thought, you know, they're coming up for two straight losses. Then they're going to come out and just destroy this team. I kind of made this pick on my heart, which was a mistake. I just didn't think Miami would be able to, you know, hang with us. So I just really thought that would be the case. Obviously, I was wrong. So, again, I'm going to go back to not making any picks on Eagles game because I'm going to just pick with emotion and I'm probably never going to get it right. So, now Oakland and KC. Oakland and KC, I picked Oakland to cover the 11 point spread. I picked KC. I knew KC would win. I mean, I know they're not going to lose to Oakland. Oakland is pretty good against mediocre teams. They're not really good against uh, the good teams of the league, the elite teams. But. I thought Oakland at least covered because Oakland plays teams tough. Their defense has played solid. Uh, Derek Carr has had a you know rejuvenating year. Josh Jacobs can run the ball, and we you know Kansas City struggles against the run. And we you know Kansas City they don't have that same. I mean, they showed it today. They blew them out, but they haven't blown teams out consistently like they did last year. And Mac Mahomes is not having you know that crazy year that he had last year. So I just thought you know they would have won you know like a touchdown or so. Obviously, I was wrong on that one. Uh, Cleveland against Pittsburgh. I really thought the way Cleveland played against Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago on that Thursday night game. I know everybody talks about just the fight, the Miles Garrett and um, the Mason Rudolph fight. But the Cleveland defense played really, really well against Mason Rudolph. And I figured if they played that good against Mason Rudolph, they're going to destroy Devlin Hodges. So, and he would, and, uh, Mason Rudolph didn't even play today. And they had that third string guy in. Who's I guess technically the second string with Roethlisberger out, but start the year he was their third string. And I just thought, you know, Cleveland, they're getting it going. They got Nick Chubb and they got Kareem Hunt and Jarvis Landry is uh, getting more comfortable. And uh, Odell's still trying to work his way in. But I just thought the way their defense played against Pittsburgh the first game that they would travel. It actually did. They only lost 17 and 10, I believe. So um, the defense did their job. But I really thought, and but I kind of underestimated how good. Pittsburgh's defense has been playing too, especially at home. They've been calling turnovers and they haven't been giving up many points lately. So I kind of just, I was wrong on that one. So, um, but I had my reasons, you know? So, uh, Baltimore and San Francisco, that was, that was the fourth one I got wrong. Just the way Baltimore has been playing, the way they've been running the ball, even though San Francisco and Baltimore, this is, this might've been a Super Bowl preview. This is, this is probably the best matchup of the day going into the game, going into the uh, week. So, But I actually was looking at it, and it was pretty tricky to me. I, I was going to pick San Francisco to cover the spread, but I don't know. For some reason, something told me that they were, they were going to win by a touchdown, like eight points or, or like, se- like seven to ten points. And spreads are really, really weird because things can happen late in like games that just completely mess up the spread. I mean, you can go from, let's say the team is winning by three and then they score a late touchdown and they end up winning by 10 or something. Like, just something funky. And that's what, that's what, honestly, what I thought would happen. I knew this would be a close game, but I really just kind of banked on something weird happening. I probably shouldn't have did that. I probably should have just went with my, my first emotion. Now, next week, I'm going to just look a little more into it. And I'm going to just, I'm going to just go with my first instinct with stuff. So, I really was on the fence about them covering that five and a half point spread. I thought five and a half point spread was really, really big. Now, usually 
you get about three points um, when you're the home team, when the teams are about evenly matched. And I think these teams are pretty evenly matched. So I really thought this would probably be like a two and a half, three and a half point spread or something like that. So I thought the five and a half was really, really big, but I just kind of thought, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson would just have a, a late touchdown run or they would have a, like Marcus Peters would have a, a, or they would have a fumble recovery for a touchdown, just like late in the game or something to just like blow wide open. But um, they hung around. They both got good defenses. Um, Lamar Jackson only passed for about 104 yards. He ran for 100 yards. Like he's this close to a thousand yards. So um, he's definitely going to get that thousand yards, which has only been done one other time. Michael Vick in 2006. So um, that's going to be good to watch. But um, that was another one. But like I said, I had a, I had a good reason. Like I'm not just out here picking stuff just to pick it. Like I really follow football and I really do my research on these things. So I really think. I, like I, I put a lot of thought into these picks, but I was wrong. Now the two I got right, uh, Green Bay against the Giants. That was pretty much an easy one. Green Bay is six and a half point favorite over the Giants. I'm honestly surprised it's not a bigger line. The only reason it's probably not a bigger line is because Green Bay has uh, the offense has looked bad a couple their last games, last couple games, but they've been a good, good, good defense. A lot of the Chargers and the San Francisco 49ers. Now the Giants don't have a good defense, so. I'm honestly surprised the line wasn't about eight and a half or nine. So, um, but they went out and they handled business in the snow. A little snow never hurt nobody. I mean, especially for Green Bay. This isn't like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the Miami Dolphins or a team that's used to warm weather going. This is the Green Bay Packers. They're used to the snow. Snow doesn't bother them at all. And they went out there and pretty much dominated the fourth quarter. They pulled away. They ended up winning, I think, 31 to 19 or 30 something. To 30, I think it was 31 to 13, actually. And Houston and New England. I pretty much had this right on the nose. Houston, I just thought they had better quarterback play. And like I've said before on this podcast, I just don't think New England has enough offense to get to the Super Bowl this year. Now we've seen what they what they've looked like the last couple of weeks when, once they start playing good teams. You know, once they start playing, you know, the Eagles and they start playing Dallas and they start playing, and I'm not even putting Dallas and Eagles as like good teams, but they're better than average teams. Now, once they start playing, you know, better competition, we've seen how they look. You know, when they were playing the Miami Dolphins and they were playing the New York Jets early in the year and they were playing the Giants and they were playing all these terrible teams, um, we saw what happened. You know, they played, they beat the Dolphins, the Jets, the Redskins, and they struggled, they even struggled against the Bills early, early in the year. They were blowing teams out, you know. They, they beat the Browns 27-13, and that's before, you know, the Browns actually kind of hung around in that game. Don't be fooled by the 27-13. The Browns are actually really in that game. But, you know, once they start playing the Ravens, they lost to them. Then they beat the, they beat the Eagles by seven. Tom Brady didn't even throw a touchdown pass in that game. Uh, Dallas Cowboys. They only threw one touchdown in that game. They won by four. And, you know, these last four weeks have really been a struggle. They've lost two, and they've barely streaked out on the other two. Now they got the Chiefs coming up, and they got the Bills in two weeks. But, you know, they had the Bengals and the Dolphins, so they're probably going to go at least, you know, 12-4 and four again at least. So, But, you know, they might lose the other two games too. I'm really looking forward to that Bills-Patriots matchup. That's going to be a really good one because the Bills, the, I think Dallas is actually the first team the first game this year where you're looking at like, wow, they really are for real. The defense plays well. Josh Allen has showed maturity and they can run the ball. Devin Singletary and Frank Gore is still going on, even though he's about 85 years old. 
but um, they're really good. Now, if you can get him like some better weapons, Josh Allen could be a really, really good quarterback. And Sean McDermott, former Eagles coach, like I salute you. You are like a hell of a coach. So just keep doing your thing. Definitely looking forward to that. But I just knew with Houston, they had the better quarterback right now. Obviously, Tom Brady is the best quarterback of all time. But right now, 2019, Deshaun Watson is a better quarterback and he has better weapons around him. I mean, Kenny Stills, it was a play today when, you know, he threw for a touchdown to Kenny Stills. They called it a catch. They overturned it. Then he came back the next play and then he threw a touchdown to him anyway. So it was just, it was crazy to me. And uh, DeAndre Hopkins, him and Stephon Gilmore were battling all day. You know, like New England still has a really, really good defense, but I just don't, I think you need some offense. You need some kind of weapon. And they're similar to the Eagles to where they need a weapon. Their defense does travel though. So like their defense is a little better than ours, obviously, but they really struggle offensively to score. And they scored a bunch of touchdowns late, you know, like especially one when they were playing like prevent defense. So the score looks a little better, 28 to 22, but the Houston Texans pretty much dominated that entire game after about the first quarter. Once Deshaun Watson and the um, offense started getting going, it's a wrap. Now, what I will tell you, once the Texans get a legit offensive line, they're going to be a scary, scary team because that's the one thing that's holding them back now. Deshaun Watson is just under duress every single play, it seems like. And luckily, he can make plays with his feet. He can run around. He can do his thing. But he really just... He, he really is just under duress a lot. So he really need to get this guy off his line for him to reach his full potential because he can't just run around like crazy all the time and see what happened to Cam Newton. Um, the Rams, they bounced back to 7-5, man. They blew out the Arizona Cardinals. The funny thing is, I was going to pick that game. I was going to pick the Arizona Cardinals to cover the spread. So glad I didn't. Um, it's only th- uh, the Rams are only two and a half point favorites. So I was going to kind of take the Arizona Cardinals because they've been playing really well lately and the Rams have been struggling lately. They haven't done anything offensively, but they came out and just dominated. Um, Arizona, like I said, Kyler Murray has been getting more comfortable each and every week. And once you get this guy more weapons, I mean, he has Larry Fitzgerald, who's, you know, he's getting up there in age, still pretty solid. You got Christian Kirk, you got David Johnson, you got Kenya Drake. Once you get him off the line as well, he'll be better also. And you get him uh, another receiver or two, so... Not uh, really good, but I really do like Kyler Murray, though, so he'll be a good player. But um, that's all I'm gonna talk about here. Um, I'm gonna look through. Maybe I'll do an NBA NBA episode next. James Harden scores sixty points. Um, Lakers are looking really good. Sixers they've had a couple wins, but I still have one minor problem with them. They're just not fun to watch right now. Like the last last year and the last two years. They've been a really fun team to watch. I mean, MB was doing amazing things. And MB has been putting up numbers this year, too. Like, the last couple, last couple, like I said, his numbers haven't looked that good. But the last couple of games, he's put up, like, 25 and 12 and 32 and 16. He's put up, like, really good numbers. But it's not really exciting right now. And Ben Simmons, you know, usually he would make, like, crazy, crazy passes. Or somebody would just do something exciting. Like, something, you know, it would be a Jimmy Butler. It would be J.J. Reddy getting hot. It would be something. But now... There's really no excitement. The only thing that exciting happened last game was Ben Simmons getting the steal and getting into Tobias Harris with a dunk. But there really is just like no like oomph watching this team at all. And I just want them to get that back. Like I said, I'm not really complaining because they're winning right now. 
but I just wish they were a little more exciting to watch. They're really just a boring team to watch right now. It's like watching the Spurs back in like 2005. It was like, they're a good team, but like who really wants to watch it? So, um, but yeah, that's all I want to talk about. And um, I'm going to do an episode next. We'll see. I'll just, you know, I'll brainstorm a little things, but this is sports talk with Chris. So you never know. We'll just keep talking sports. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, remember it's just a game. One love. Peace out.